Okay, here I am. So I got a lavalier microphone. And for those of you who don't know, come on, Boo. Let's walk. Let's go. I know you just want to smell all the grass. You want to smell all the urine on all the grass. You're just like me. The fruit did not fall far from the tree. So a lavalier microphone is a lapel microphone. I don't know where the name lavalier comes from, but this is my first time to use one and to record a pot, a podcast episode as I'm walking around my neighborhood. So hopefully you'll get some sounds. You'll hear the wind, you'll hear the birds and such. Today I want to talk about something that's been on my mind lately, and that's Big Brother, which I never really talk about Big Brother on my podcast before, maybe right after I did the show, when Fox and the City just kind of devolved into nothingness. But they're about to do a, um, an all-star season, and that's very triggering for me. I mean, this time of year is always a trigger for me, Big Brother season. Because the fans get back into it and they love to incite responses from past house guests and it's just really unpleasant. And this, by the way, this summer is my 10 year anniversary of doing the show. I don't know why humans think, you know, things in multiples of 10 are meaningful, but I guess it is meaningful. I've been in the midst of all this reflection and yeah, I get dreams of what it would be like to do the show again. I mean, it was such a unique experience. So I know I shit on it a lot on social media, but it was a lot of fun to do. So today, I got triggered. So first of all, let me explain the reason why the all-star season is even happening. This doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, but they weren't able to go through the regular casting process this season because of COVID. Because COVID, you have to get people for, or not COVID, casting, the, the final round of casting, you have to get people in a hotel close to LAX for an entire week. And everybody's kind of in close proximity and you're doing these interviews and you just can't do that sort of thing in a pandemic. So I called it immediately when we went into lockdown. I was like, oh, Big Brother's going to have to do an all-star season. They're going to have to. <laughs> And so that's what they're doing. And today, my nemesis on the show, who, is, who I'm friendly with now, she actually sent me a text message, Rachel, this morning, and we don't really communicate that much, but she sent me a text message and she said, hey, there's, <laughs> hey, she said, hey, there is a charity that wants to that's not able to really organize and get people together because of the pandemic so they want to do a zoom mediated 10-year anniversary 
of Big Brother, would you be willing to do that? 95% of the proceeds go to children. Uh, I, I don't remember what the children have, how they're afflicted and what they need. Children with 12 heads, I don't know. But, like, I'm happy to do it. Because it would be fun to talk to people again. And as long as the money goes to charity, then I'm cool with it. And so I said, yeah. And then later in the day, I was on Twitter, on the twits. And I saw a really cute jogger past me. He's tall, which I love. His hairy muscular legs very into it y'all very very into it I would really like to drink of him I would like him to impregnate my mouth with all of his babies our babies I got tickets for two three really uh so she posted because you know she puts the B in subtle she said Hey, Twitter family. I'm, I'm going to take a social media break, so be sure to wish Brendan, her husband, who she met on the show, a happy birthday on July 2nd. So, of course, this means that she's doing the show again and she's going in to sequester. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I mean, first of all, I love seeing Rachel on the show not that I've watched the show in a zillion years but she's an interesting character but I started thinking about it and I was like this is going to be her sixth time to do a major CBS reality show here's that motorcycle gets so on my nerves to be this loud and he knows people in the neighborhood hate it because I was on next door and people have done entire threads listen to how loud this guy is Listen to this. So annoying. At any rate. You know, they put these aftermarket products on to make their motorcycles even louder. It's just, it's so annoying. At any rate. Okay. At any rate. At any rate. At any rate. I'm cycling that phrase. At any rate. Over and over. I'm just going to keep saying it. So I was doing the math and I thought, okay, this is going to be her third time to compete on Big Brother. She's competed on The Amazing Race three times. So it's the sixth time that she's done a CBS reality show. And she's been on The Bold and the Beautiful multiple times. She's been on um, The Price is Right. And she's not alone. The other big showmance from Big Brother, Jeff and Jordan, they've done Big Brother twice. They've done The Amazing Race. They've done The Price is Right. And showmances get just special treatment on the show. Okay, they just get special treatment. They get to do it a zillion times. And one of the things that is especially frustrating about that is how tokenized sexual minorities are on the show. Because you, when you're a gay man, as I am, then you don't get the opportunity to be on the show with another gay person. You know, you're allowed to be gay as long as you don't go gay, right? Because if you were in the house with another gay person, imagine a gay kiss on that show. Imagine gay people hooking up or sleeping in the same bed or even having sex in the house as multiple straight people have done. It c so what it does is CBS likes to provide the illusion of inclusivity 
right? Like, here's her token gay, but don't worry, they're never going to have an opportunity to be offensive to you. But the straight people who fuck in the house and get finger banged in the house and do all this other shit, they, uh, entire challenges are, are built in honor of their sexuality. Like Jeff and Jordan had came back the following year and they hosted a lover's lane competition, which is a bowling competition. And Brittany, after she became pregnant, who I love, by the way. Um, so my frustration is not with any of these people. It's with just productions machinations Um, when she became pregnant there was a whole uh, challenge that was like a baby shower and the contestants were put into these oversized cribs and had to create a baby mobile for Britney's baby I mean it's crazy it's crazy so one of the things I've been saying on Twitter is and, and sorry before I get to that point meanwhile Gay people don't even get friends and family packages on the show. I made it to the final five. Everybody who made it to the final seven and beyond my season got a friends and family package, which are these like five minute segments where it shows your friends and family members watching the show. And it really humanizes you. It's like, this is who Reagan is outside of the house and go Reagan and shows people, you know, it shows you connected to family. And, and so when you don't get that type of friends and family package, then it perpetuates the myth that gay people um, are disconnected from family and friends and, and meaningful relationships. And uh, so that's frustrating. And I'm not the only one. Uh, Andy who won his season, didn't even get one. So it's it's uh, par for the course. Now, meanwhile, if you can prove your straightness on the show, then the world is your oyster. They'll just keep bringing you back over and over and over again until you or your showman's partner win the game. So people from, people who are uh, minoritized house guests, are treated as whether they be sexual minorities or racial minorities in the context of the United States they are depicted as mere stumbling blocks that get in the way of a white straight showmance winning the game right they're just a distraction they're a nuisance and if the straight showmance doesn't win the game you just bring it back over and over and over again and even after they win the game you keep you just keep bringing them back you just keep bringing them back over and over and over again and so today i wrote before my walk i just said this is such it demonstrates such a profound lack of imagination on cbs's part to bring the same few people back so many times did i say i may have already said this but and the 30 times they've brought house guests back to Big Brother to play another season, they've only brought one gay person back one time. My friend Marsalis. I mean, it's really... It's nutty. It's nutty. And it's frustrating. And that's one of the things that just gives me kind of like a post-traumatic stress about the entire experience when you feel so used oh my gosh this woman's on her phone listen to how loud she's talking you can hear this now in the lavalier hold on she gets close enough 
Hold on. She stopped talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, normally people who talk on their phone, I have to be talking the entire time if I'm doing a podcast episode, right? But normally people who talk on their phone when they're outside, they don't let the person who they're talking to on the phone get an, a word in edgewise. They're just like that character Motormouth Mabel from Hairspray. And I got something else to say. And something else. Just got a lot of stuff to say. I really hope this lavalier mic works. Because it would be fun to continue to do stuff like this. Like this. My friend Madge on her podcast said she's changing her her pronouns to it and that. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. I like that. And when I say that, I don't mean Madge because I hate Madge, but I like that idea. So she gave the example. She's walking down the street. Oh, I just used the wrong pronoun. I said she. It's walking down the street. Somebody goes, oh, look at it walking down the street. I want to have sex with that. Or I want to throw up on that. And I may change my Twitter headline to change my pronouns to it and that as well. I think I think that matches on to something. I might be doing it for different reasons. I think Madge is in part doing it because she thinks that obsession with pronouns is just silly. I'm not of that opinion. Because I believe that, when I say that, I don't mean Madge in that context. I believe that trans individuals to deal with the clunkiness of pronouns all the time. So I love the rhetorical aspect of people who don't identify as trans having to think and have conversations about pronouns. I think it brings about awareness. So me adopting, and I really can't speak to what Madge's motives are. I think maybe just to be funny. But to me, if I changed mine to it and that, I would be doing it seriously to, I'm going to write about this more on Facebook when I get home, to, I guess, call attention to my objectification. You know, I just did this whole... How long now? 15 minute spiel about being made to feel disposable. And so that and it speak to that. Okay, Bo, stop. Don't you think? It's okay.
So let me ask you a question, audience. Why is it that people... Well, I can answer this question even as I'm formulating the question in my head. People who have dogs that can't be controlled, that don't listen to them, that don't obey, they always put them on one of those retractable leashes. I don't get that. Explain it to me. Because everything I've read, all the literature says... Sir. 